So in this segment, I wanted to take some time to talk about um, my experiences um, with a, a narcissist and the journey of healing and, um, you know, this is a safe uh, zone. I don't judge. I'm not here to put anyone down. I'm not here to shame anyone. I'm not here to bash anyone. Just a little bit. Today is one of those days when you feel the anxiety running high and things like that. You just want to just want to share maybe somebody out there could use that bit of validation or you know just can gain something from it um, let's first let's start with you are not crazy you are not crazy um, there's there shouldn't be any victim shaming or anything of that nature I wish I would have saw the red flags and the signs um, a long time ago but I did not, unfortunately, for many, many years. Um, and this is an everyday thing, the everyday healing process, everyday learning process. I would encourage everyone to seek uh, professional help therapy. You know, it helps to talk to someone. You know, even if you, you know, if you're afraid, I would say just, just go out and try. What I learned with working with a therapist is many times you did not meet or your narcissist did not meet you by accident. Um, <clears throat> it was planned <laughs> strategically. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that was like, oh, wow. And so when you go back and you put things together, you're like, oh, what a kalinky-dink, or, you know, was it fate? Was it God? Nine times out of ten, I've learned that it wasn't. Um, wow, man. This thing will chew you up and spit you out if you let it. And if you're here listening... Hooray, we survived. <laughs> we lived another day. Um, I don't even know where to begin. This is my first time, you know, doing a podcast segment, and I don't know why I chose this. Ooh, so bear with me. But yeah, um, I just want to say it's not your fault. It is so not your fault. A lot of times they draw themselves to em empathetic people. So if you're an empath, you are like, bait to a piranha they look for people who um, care more about humanity and other folks and that are loving and nurturing and forgiving they they love that <laughs> and in my case um, it was like added bonus that I had childhood trauma that was just like wow jackpot um, yeah it started off with a, a lot of love bombing, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that unless you're dealing with a narcissist. So there's a lot of um, compliments, love bombing, um, you know, all these things that, that, that are great about you and all these things, compliment, I, like, I don't know how to explain it. You're like the best thing smoking until everything that they love about you and compliment about you turns into everything that they hate about you and they criticize you about. Um, they will go to, as far as to isolate you from friends and family and they um, love to, uh, you know, go on a smear campaign and tell everyone how he or she is just such this horrible person they've done this they've done that they've said this they've said that but I'm such a great person and you know they're crazy 
and you don't know why people are looking at you different or not wanting to talk to you. It's just, it's a lot. And if you let it consume you, it will. They they like to um, go to people who are closest to you when they're doing this smear campaign and just assassinate your character. What Just by any means necessary. They're going to tell them the worst of the worst about you, even if it's not true. Because they have to look like the good guy at all times. You know, so in the end, if they've gaslighted you or harmed you and did this and then you lash out see see i told you he or she was crazy you know and also so that you will be isolated and away from everybody so when they're doing the hurt and the damaging and the name calling and if there's physical abuse to you you know mental abuse verbal you have no one or at least you know no one's gonna believe you because they have these two faces you get a totally different person than what the world gets and in most cases, everybody in their life, most people, different people get a different version of them. Man, my experience, really, really, really rough, really, really rough, antagonizing, um, painful. And I'm still on that road to healing, um, but I chose to go no contact and just to seek um, guidance and help from my creator and from therapists and from within my own self and it, it helped me a lot it, it's tremendously helping me like I said I wish I would have uh, done this many many years ago but um, it was hard for me because uh, I was raised to be um, an independent individual and I'm a loner and in my family, I'm sort of like the black sheep, so I was raised that way, you know, it just came naturally. You know, I've got a lot of things instilled in me, you know, the, you know, for women to be uh, domesticated, if you will. I don't know. I've learned, I've, I was taught to be a nurturer and a lover. I was also taught to be a, a fighter and a survivor. So for me, it was very embarrassing to even, the thought of even thinking of speaking it out loud and telling someone because... You know, people are going to judge me. They're going to criticize me. They're going to say, how could you let this happen? Or, you know, blame me. Or even worse, judge me and say it's my fault. So it was such an embarrassment. There's so much guilt and shame and fear tied up in that thing that would just not let me say, hey. And then a lot of it was me still trying to figure this out. Like, what is going on? You know? So it's really hard trying to uh, figure it all out on my own. And for a lot of us, we just can't figure it out on our own. I did a lot of research first. And then, you know, well, that came second. I did a lot of praying and soul searching. I had to refine me because I lost myself. I didn't willingly give up myself to this individual, but I lost myself in the sauce. Like, it was just like, I lost me. And I, once I snapped out one day, I was like, girl, you're not even yourself anymore. What is going on? I don't recognize me. Then I had to say, hey, we got to pick ourselves up. We've got to uh, gain back our power and see what's going on. And so, yeah, 
I started there. Man. Even as I'm, I'm, I'm talking about it, I'm, I'm still self-reflecting and reflecting back and trying to choose my words carefully and, you know, not knowing where to, to begin or where to end. Um, but, yeah, I was love-bombed. Everything happened so quickly. It's like this person, if you're it, you're the one for me. Everybody in my past has cheated on me and mistreated me and left me. Um, my family, my mom and dad did this, did that, friends, and you know, oh, I'm such this great person, you know, I can be a provider, I can be a protector, I'm good at this, I'm good at that, and then it's just so much, you fall in love with this person, and for me, it was like, one day, voila magic, the carpet was ripped from underneath me, and shazam, <laughs> the wolf came out. Before this day, it was as if you couldn't have paid me to believe that this person was anything other than what they told me and presented themselves to be and it just happened like an instant for me like I will never forget this day because it was a turning point it was like the start of my nightmare like my daytime nighttime living nightmare for years um, it's just all the background noise I live in a very good neighborhood but there's a lot of traffic on my street so if you hear a lot of cars and things like that it's just high traffic um and also i have my little one watching the tablet <laughs> um, yeah so um if if you'll have me i'll just you know i'll take you on a journey with me to to those moments of that particular day and if i jump all over the place please forgive me because there's so much that you know i'm trying to cram and talk about and my nerves are kind of on edge it's just like i don't know how people are going to receive this and that's another thing you just don't want the world to look at you as a victim i've never ever wanted to be a victim although i've been a victim in my life more times than i can count but i don't like to take on the victim role and you know um i just don't want to be judged in a negative light but yeah so the day my nightmare started was i believe i was maybe six or seven months pregnant and uh I got up that day and he was supposed to be going somewhere and I realized like oh man my uh my keys and my earrings are in this car I need to go get my stuff before he leaves and he was in the shower so I get the keys I go looking for the keys and his jacket pocket uh jacket was sitting on the chair and guys when I tell you please do not laugh but I am not making this up. When I tell you there was this thick um, packet of paper that was just sticking right up out of the jacket pocket, just visible to the naked eye, just there. And so I'm picking for the keys and I open up the paper and in red ink and yellow highlighter or the words, you know, they're highlighted like when you go to one of those free clinics, all the stuff that they've tested you for, like STDs, HIV, blah, blah, blah. And I just did not know what to do. My heart dropped in my stomach. My stomach fell out my ass, if you will. And I was just like, oh, what? So I, I just, I don't know. You know, and I know that little baby in the womb felt it too. So I, you know, I rushed in the bathroom and I'm just like, who is she? What's her name? He's all sudsed up, soap all over his face and body. What are you talking about? And I'm like, who is she? What is her name? 
I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm, I pull back the curtains, the shower curtains, and I'm with the evidence. That's another thing, guys. It does not matter if you have evidence. Black, blue, red, ink, it don't matter. They will deny, 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 and turn and flip it on you. It's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And you have, you're going to tell me something. So now I'm following him all around in my robe, and he's trying to wash off, rinse off in the towel. And my whole world is crumbling because I thought I met the man of my dreams. I was single for eight years before I met this person. And, you know, I really thought that this could be something great. Everything was going great. And so I'm like, what is going on? You would do this to me? I'm pregnant. We're having a baby. Tell me something. Oh, it didn't mean anything. After he tried to say I was crazy, didn't know what I was talking about. Then it turned into, it didn't mean anything. Uh, I felt bad while I was doing it. <clears throat> I stopped her in the middle of it. You know, I'm sorry. And then it went to, now get over it. As, as, you know, in so many words, like, get over it. Either you're going to forgive me and we're going to move forward, or you're just not going to forgive me and we're going to move forward anyway. Is how he, he came at me. And I was just devastated. He was not. There was no remorse. There was no accountability. It was just nothing. And the lies that were, were told in that story just mind-boggling. And you're, I know you're probably wondering, like, girl, why didn't you run for the hills then? I kind of can't really answer that. I think in the moment... I felt like, you know, if this person is honest with me and transparent, then I can decide if I'll forgive and we can move forward. So as he's telling me the details and all these things are saying, sorry, I'm like, you know what, give me some time, I'm gonna think about it, you know, I'll forgive you, but moving forward, this can't happen again. Man, oh boy, did it happen again. Multiple times, lots of times, and all the disrespect followed. Ladies, men, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. When they show you the first time, believe them. Because from that day forward, there was no more Cinderella and the Prince. There was no more, you know, fairy tale. You know, it was just all gone. So much, so many lies were told after that. So much cheating, so much abuse, abuse, abuse financially, uh, mentally, physically, verbally, spiritually, you know, it, it just got over time worse, you know. Um, so for a minute after that, I thought, you know, everything was going to be on the up and up, you know, working past this, everything would be fine. But boy, everything was way from fine away from fine I'm sorry guys forgive me um, that was the narcissist as we speak ringing my phone <laughs> when I tell you if you they will never leave you alone it does not matter if you move on if they move on if they get a new relationship they will never leave you alone especially if you have children with this person even if you don't have children with this individual, they think that they own you. You are not um, an individual. It is a dictatorship. They own you in their minds. And they will use any little thing to um, have access to you. So 
yeah, that was that person calling under the guise as if they were calling to talk about the children. It's almost really never about the children of that person, you know? <clears throat> and um, if you have children with a narcissist, it doesn't matter if it's female or male. I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. And um, trust me when I say narcissists can be women. Um, there are plenty of women narcissists. And they're not only... Um, boyfriend and girlfriends, husband and wives, they are brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers, cousins, friends, acquaintances, bosses. So let's just be clear about that. Excuse me. But yeah, guys, like, if I can for a moment, go with me to this space. Imagine being eight months pregnant and in the middle of the night, you're going to the restroom because you know, hey, those little babies, they're press, pressing on our bladders, you know. And all of a sudden, someone storms in the bathroom and just smacks you so hard across your face that you fall over into the tub. And you are just in a daze. You don't know what's going on, what's happening. You don't know why. You don't even care why. Yeah, that happened to me. And as I'm trying to gather myself, this is very embarrassing for a woman or female you know, you never want to get caught with your pants down. <laughs> but you definitely don't want to be smacked across your face in the middle of the night while you're, you know. Yeah, so I'm trying to figure out, like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. So, yeah, apparently he come home from a night of long drinking with the friends at the uh, strip club and heavy cocaine usage. And I'm just talking about all around good old party good old time and somebody's gonna be my target or my victim it, it, you know I, whoa whoa I have to take the time to say I do not condone violence of any kind male or female if someone is abusing you get out as soon as possible call 911 call whoever you need to call get out um so yeah and that and that happened and I just did not whoa and the silliness of it all is apparently this close friend or best friend on the way home or whatever was getting into it with um, their significant other the mother of their child and so that person took on that he took on that energy and somehow somehow came home with that energy and flipped it as if whatever that friend was going through with his girl turned into some imaginary issue that we had which was non-existent and so that happened to me and during that time I don't remember I, I'm sorry guys I had to probably be on baby number two <laughs> but yeah it turned into many nights many fights where you're almost afraid to go to sleep because you don't know when this person is going to come in the house and waking up everybody and, and belligerent and drunken stir or a violent rage you know whoa so there were many nights and fights and many nights of me you know trying to make sure my children didn't hear any of this and you know me fighting and trying to fighting for my life and trying to survive like whoa heavy stuff guys I'm, I'm sorry if this is triggering anyone or 
you know. So sorry. But if we can just touch on a little bit of some of the things of how it got that what happened or before that. It's like like I said before, they isolate you from any and everyone that cares about you or would not condone any of that stuff going on. And so by that time I was very much alienated and isolated, you know. By this time he's turned all of my close friends and family against me, a lot of his close friends and family, you know, that truly did like me against me. So, you know, um, we've had a child, I'm pregnant, you know, I'm in this position. What do you do? They've got you by the balls. They've got you where they want you. You know, if they've done so much detriment, so much harm to you psychologically, mentally, emotionally, physically, you know, and you're just planning your exit strategy, you know, but in the meantime, you know, you're in survival mode. It's fight or flight. And when I tell you no man or woman can live in that type of fight or flight mode in that environment for long, you just cannot. We are not designed to live like that. We are designed to flourish. We are designed to live. We are designed to love. You know, we're, that's not to say we're not going to have our hardships and, and, and troubles and things like that, but that is just not what the creator, if you believe in, you know, science, or the universe, God, if you believe in all of those things, even if you don't believe in all those things, we are not here. Our existence is not to live in fear and anger and anguish and pain. Yeah, so we are just, you know, we are not created for that. But, um, yeah, man, it was a mess. It, it was a hot mess. And it gets even worse. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, as I'll say again, if I'm triggering anybody, those are not my intentions. I do apologize. I'm just, you know, sharing. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Man. Um, I just, I don't, guys, seek help. Exit as quickly as possible. I can remember, you know, living maybe three minutes away from work. And this person would purposely, it seems, come home late the next morning and I'm late for work in my vehicle and I'm only three minutes away from work. And it's just supposed to be okay. And then prior to that, the per this person had the vehicle. You know, imagine you're at home with the kids. And you're working. This person works too. But also, you have the children. And you have doctor's appointments. You have may have soccer practice, basketball practice, um, work, school, things like that. But all day long, this person is gone with the car. And if you have little children, people, you know anything could happen at the drop of a dime. And you need access to a vehicle or, or a, a phone where you can call someone and do those things. But, yeah. Like, I would have to walk to my kids' school and pick them up from school. You know, we'd have to walk to the grocery store and back. Like, it made absolutely no sense whatsoever. It just didn't. And if you're, you have 
you've experienced this or you're going through this, there is hope. There is help. You can get out of this. You can heal. You will get out of this. You will heal. You will survive. Someone loves you. The universe loves you. The creator loves you. I love you. We are in this thing together. Um, and I just want to say, moving forward, all of my segments will not be on, on <clears throat> surviving narcissists or, or abuse, things like that. There, There's so much more to us, guys, to us survivors. There's so many other elements and aspects of our lives. This just does not define us. So I want to get that out of the way. It, it's not your our fault. This does not define us. We are so much more than this. Um, I just, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stop there because it's just, it's a lot. And like I said, this is my first time and I don't just want to be rambling. And yeah, I'll be back. Hello, greetings from your Aquarian Galactic friend. I hope this finds you all in good spirits mentally physically emotionally and spiritually um just here to share some more insight and uh, personal experience with dealing with narcissism um, and narcissistic abuse uh, yeah so my first podcast it was a little rough because i'm still on a journey to healing and you know it's easy to get triggered by those things if you're a victim of any kind of abuse there's going to be triggers so yeah i just want to say if you've lost your voice please find it if you haven't speak up speak out do something tell someone um, that's one of the things that they'll work so hard to do is to steal your voice make you so afraid to speak out about what's really happening to you whether you're speaking out to them about it, speaking out to yourself about it, or you're seeking help, or you're just talking to close family members or friends, they don't, the narcissistic person in your life, whether it be male, female, your mom, dad, friends, they, they, they don't want anybody knowing the real them and what you're dealing with. So yeah, just speak out. One of the things that I've learned from, um, working and consulting with one of the therapists she actually um, specializes in, in, in narcissistic um, disorder she herself was uh, a victim of narcissistic abuse so yeah she told me that uh, for that individual either they're born that way or it's something that happened really early in their childhood that caused this and uh it can't be changed. They're always going to be a narcissist. What would be good or beneficial to them is seeking the help. So narcissistic personality disorder is real. It is an illness. And if you know someone dealing with that, I encourage you to encourage them to seek help. And if you're a victim, I encourage you to get out right away and, and get help for yourself. You're, you're going to love yourself for it. And I know it's hard. It's, it's tough. I'm not going to lie to you. It was super rough for me. Um, after I realized, like, oh, no, something is terribly wrong. By that time, I felt like I was in too deep. Like, I had nowhere to, to go, no one to turn to. I didn't know how I was going to 
pick myself up by the bootstraps and just woo, go on. But by his grace, <laughs> by his mercy, I'm here. And um, it's a journey, guys. It's a journey. Yeah. So my encounter or how I met this person, I met this person at a very vulnerable, critical state in my life. I had just lost someone very near and dear and close to me. And as I said before, my therapist, she was actually the one she told me, she's like, okay, I'm gonna tell you something. Don't be surprised. You, nine times out of 10, you probably did not meet this person by accident or fate or coinciding. She said, they scope out, you know, their next supply or their, uh, you know, the person that they want to, uh, be in a relationship with and so yeah so it, there were points in time where I would see this person like almost everywhere just about nowhere one day I would see this person everywhere and I would avoid all contact just something just was like mm, nope <laughs> he would make advances and try to flirt and talk and I was like mm -mm. and then I started seeing this person somewhere where I went regularly and I was like oh okay he would always chat me up you know and I was starting to think like, oh, this person maybe not so bad. I would see how he would interact with everybody. Everybody thought he was a great person. Very friendly, very loving. He would go out of his way. Oh, you need this. I got you. Oh, no problem. Just everybody liked him and he seemed cool and genuine. And so I guess that kind of brought my guards down. And once I was uh, going through this, this loss of separation, that's when we began talking more heavily. And you're like, oh, not a bad person oh, okay actually he's a great oh okay and then that's how it, it started I wish I had someone um, close to me that could have saw like girl mm -mm. <laughs> run for the hills you know I didn't have that and I really thought you know that I was um, how do I put it like I don't know I really thought that this person was who they said they were and I had no reason to believe otherwise until uh, I was so far into the relationship yeah so they're gonna show you their representative they're gonna show you who they want you to see and they're gonna keep people around them to help um, that picture be painted uh, upheld of who you think that they are who, who they say they are and uh yeah man you just gotta speak out you you gotta find your voice if you've lost it and speak out early on um this person gained my sympathy and my empathy i'm a very empathetic person and so a lot of the things he shared you know like some of his childhood experiences and things like that I kind of I had empathy and I understood now they weren't near as you know tragic as my childhood experiences but we connected on that so yeah he had my empathy and so I didn't know that he was a raging alcoholic until like a kid and a half into this thing and so some of the stuff that he shared I'm like okay Maybe could this be a result of that or is this, you know, I would encourage this person to get help, seek help, you know, hey, there's a problem. He never thought that he had a problem. 
And guys, they are never going to think that there is a problem. They see nothing wrong with their behavior. If anything, you're the problem. And especially if you try to come to them, it doesn't matter if you're coming to them in a in an open, caring state. Like, hey, this is what I think going on. I think we should seek some help or you should seek some help. I'll be there. But they don't want to hear that because there's nothing wrong with them. You're the problem. You don't know what you're talking about. You're the enemy. You're against them now. And it's just going to blow up in your face. It's going to be rage. And so, yeah, like, wow. If I would have known what I knew, if I, I would have known back then what I know now, God help me, I probably have never, it's no probably to it, I would have never recreated, procreated with this person at all. And I probably would have been like, out of there. I am the queen of boop, gone, out of there. I am the queen of boop, cut it off. You know, and I had to learn that from my childhood. Um, past abuse, you know, I was someone who was um, sexually molested. And uh, that's devastating, man. That That's devastating. That's a lot for a little person. And so going through life, there was a lot of other traumas, you know. Um, I witnessed my mother being abused. Uh, she came from, you know, abuse. And so I had these examples of um, this sort of thing and, you know, I would always say, I don't want to find myself in that situation, you know, and I would use those examples like maybe I know I would know what to do if this ever happened to me. And I think um, <clears throat> this person knew uh, with me sharing a lot of uh, of my traumas or pasthood experiences, childhood experiences, you think you're sharing this stuff in an open, loving, safe space because who does not want to feel safe and protected uh, within their partnership and able to talk about things. But trust me, anything and everything you say will be held accountable against you. It will be used to manipulate you. It will be used to shame you. It will be used to, um, you know, just used against you just to make you feel lower than low, to make you somehow feel that the things that they're doing or saying to you, it's your fault. And trust me, it is not. Um, yeah. So he knew a lot of uh, what happened and, you know, they tell you, oh, I'm not going to be like that other person or I'm sorry that this happened to you. Then they turn right around and do you worse <laughs> from my experience. Oh, it, it was just a hot dang on mess. Um, he was trying to control me mentally, spiritually physically, financially, emotionally. If you disagree with anything, oh, you, you don't know what you're talking about. They belittle you. They put you down. Um, you're less than. They know all the answers. They're right. It's their way or no way. A normal debate or a normal conversation will never be normal with them because you could be talking about something as, as small as the weather or a, a game or something. And they're going to debate you heavily as if, you know, you owe them money. And everything's going to be unpleasant. It's very unpleasant to be around this person. I remember uh, being at, a, I think it was one of his cousin's house. And 
his cousin and the wife and I think maybe a, a couple other people so it's me him cousin and wife and someone else and so me and the girls it's us the girls we're laughing we're chatting while the guys are over there laughing chat about something and then the husband turned around to me and asked me what I thought about whatever they were talking about and so we had a similar uh, uh, thing to say about it or we agreed about it when I tell you he oh you're gonna be on his side you know just turn possessive and crazy like whose side are you on who team are you on no don't don't talk to her don't talk to her don't ask her nothing and you're like what is that type of behavior like hmm? and so yeah this person was trying to control every setting everything every thought like you it, it was weird it, it was just so weird and then he tried to pull me to the side like uh you know, like such and such, it doesn't know what they're talking about. You know, you're my lady, you're my woman, you're on my side. And I, I always thought that stuff was strange. Like, bro, like, okay, weird, <laughs> you know, but you can't change me. I, I'm, I have a very strong mental. And then, you know, if it's something negative and it's a bull, like, you, you can't persuade me or change me. And he hated that his main goal in life was to break me to the core. You know, she's too strong-minded and, you know, I don't know. Just didn't like me having a voice, me standing up for myself, me standing up for anything that's right. Especially when you're doing wrong to me or you've done wrong to somebody and I've sought. Did not like it at all. And uh, that's just too much for anyone to deal with. Um, there was a time where the person that I lost, you know, what they were going through had come back home. And so you know, we're going to the celebration. I'm all excited. You know, I couldn't wait. Going to enjoy myself with family and friends. And, you know, I'm like, oh my God, this is great. So we're all, you know, having fun, talking, laughing this person y'all when I say he was so upset and I didn't know until later as we were going home he was so upset that I was enjoying myself having fun you know how dare she get out of the house she rarely goes anywhere you know if she does there's all the kids are with her how dare she be enjoying herself with her friends and family how dare she be having so much fun you know and then as the night went on, I would look over and, you know, everybody's trying to ask him, what's wrong? Are you okay? And I'm not thinking that's another because, hey, I don't care if anything is wrong or if you're okay or not. I know what I go through at home, <laughs> what you're putting me through. I'm here to enjoy myself, to celebrate, to um, interact with my kind, with my people, my clan, you know. Um, man. So, uh, on the way home no I think he like tried to pull me to the side and tried to argue about something before we were leaving and just was overbearing and just belligerent and so that caused me to uh just my mood changed the vibe changed I was ready to go home you know and I didn't want to be embarrassed in front of my family and friends and so I was like ready to go I didn't know, but he was going to people, my mom and people, and saying like, oh, I don't know what's wrong with her. I don't know why she's acting like that, blah, blah, blah. And so when we're um, as on the, on the ride home, as we're leaving, 
he flipped. I, I'm, I'm totally sure that he had way too much to drink. Um, top of with, he just couldn't stand that I was having fun. I was enjoying myself. How dare her, you know? <laughs> oh boy, I'm gonna make her pay for that. So he tried to come up with this lame, bogus um, excuse out of nowhere as, as to paint me in a, a bad light. And one thing any mother hates is for someone to come at them and just you know demolish their parenting skills and make them seem like a bad mom especially when you know you're not a bad mom at all and so there, at one point in the evening um my daughter wanted to nurse and so as I said before I'm in a household with all of my friends and family matter of fact I don't think there everybody was blood actually and the the couple of people that weren't blood were around our family for many many years and they were considered blood like sisters brothers it was all stepsisters brothers sisters that type of thing so I remember my uh, sister-in-law was helping me cover up the baby um, you know I'm taking my shirt you know uh, you know you undo your nursing uh, bra and so I'm putting a blanket over her head and everything and my sister-in-law was helping me with that so when I'm nursing in the living room while everybody else is in the kitchen and so on the ride home he's saying something crazy like uh, and you was just showing out and, and you you had your whole titty out and you were breastfeeding the baby. That's inappropriate. Why couldn't you just go in the bathroom and excuse me? Ladies, <laughs> why would you go in the bathroom to breastfeed your baby? You don't people poop and pee in there, right? You don't eat in the bathroom where people poop and pee. And then if you're in a setting with your family, you know, no one's thinking like, oh, she should just go in the bathroom especially if you're covered up and so he knew that that would get me upset and I want to defend myself because you're talking as if I did something in a perverted way you know as if like my brothers and, and other people saw me in a perverted light or in or I was embarrassing myself like he's acting like oh I just plopped out my whole titty and you know it was weird to me and it was unacceptable so we're arguing about that and his goal was accomplished let me she's ha she's had too much fun I'm upset. I'm uncomfortable. I'm going to make her feel the wrath. And so he's arguing with me about that. Guys, you cannot win any argument with them, no matter if you're right or wrong. The more that you state your piece, they don't like it. You can, anybody that knows me knows I hate confrontation. I hate arguing. I hate having to raise my voice and all that stuff. So I'm just talking calm, trying to explain the situation on top of asking him, like, where would you come up with that? Why should that even be a problem? Those things enrage them. They want to get you to the point where you're hollering and you're upset. And then when you're defending yourself, they go 10 notches up, you know, more rage, more anger. And then the name calling comes out, um, you know, more belittling and degrading. And it, that's just stressful. So by the time that... You know, we park in the driveway. You know, I've already, you know, said like, hey, you know, I don't like all that in front of my kids. You know, could you stop? You get that just enrages them. They don't want to hear you're being too loud. You're you, you're abusing me verbally. You're causing a scene. You're making the children uncomfortable. What is that? <laughs> you know. So I go ahead and I get the kids in the house. I get them in the bed and all that. I'm trying to calm them down and stuff. And so. Uh, I forgot how I ended up, how we ended up back in the car. I don't know if I was coming back to get my purse or something. I don't know. But he wanted to continue 
to abuse me, to argue, to make me feel like crap. And I just remembering him reaching over and wrapping my hair in, a, in like in a tight fist and slamming my head on the dashboard. And now I'm in fight or flight mode because this person is harming me. It went from verbal to now it's physical. And um, I had a really close neighbor who lived on the other side, like our yards were like, just, you know, our houses were like so very close. And all the houses were very close, but this neighbor was a great, great neighbor. And I didn't want any of my neighbors like seeing or hearing that. I, you know, first and foremost, I never wanted my kids to see or hear or, or endure any of that. And you definitely don't want your neighbors, you know? And I'm thinking like, oh my God, like what just happened? And so I'm trying to fight now, like for my life, like, hey, you, you know, you can't put your hands on me. Like, what are you doing? When you try to defend yourself, that just enrages them even more. They're, they're a narcissistic, abusive person, especially if they have been drinking, um, if they have been doing any other illicit drugs, they have strength like the Incredible Hulk. And um, you've got to come out of that thing like Mike Tyson. <clears throat> and I can, I can laugh about this now, but it's, it's not funny at all. There's so many nights where I had to literally fight like I was Mike Tyson to live to be able to see another day and that night oh man it was it was horrible so I'm trying to get a loose I'm we're fighting in the car I'm like devastated like what is going on I'm, I'm looking through the window to make sure my kids are not peeking out uh, you know I'm looking like trying to make sure the neighbors are not like I didn't know what was going on I don't know why this person was doing this what's going on I don't want my kids to see and I just remember falling out of the passenger side car with this person and we're on the ground like in the neighbor's yard now and I'm just fighting you know because you're not going to take me out like this I've been through so much in life and in this world and I just I have to defend myself I have children that I need to show up for every day and so <clears throat> I got this person off of me and he he you know, runs off with the car that was that was another form of abuse that they he always used to try to keep me uh, stranded or under his controls somehow running off with the car after they've upset you you man like just just demolished you and then I'm gonna run off with the car and she can't go and get help or she can't get away and so I run back in the house to make sure my kids are okay and I just remember locking myself in the bathroom and sitting in the tub and just like trying to clean all the mud and stuff off of me and you know, assess myself in the mirror. Like, I can't let my kids wake up tomorrow and see all these scratches on my face and my neck. Uh, there was, like, balls of my hair that he'd pulled out. Oh, man, it, it was horrible. It was horrible. And I say all that to say again, ladies, men, if you're dealing with any kind of abuse, get out, get help. Get out, get help. You're dealing with narcissistic abuse, someone who's an alcoholic or drug addict, that kind of abuse, um, <clears throat> physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse. Get out, get help, please. Um, I think I'll I'll end it there, guys. Thanks for listening. Be safe.